Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard Podcast, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe, uh, student games, experimental art games, or just weird uh, games you've never heard of that we find in the depths of Itch.io. Uh, my name is Jordan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Blake. Hello. Or I'm, the Blakester, I'm, as we call him. Oh, well, well mm, people don't call him that. Some, some know me by that name. Others do not uh but either way i'm i'm here i've returned from the depths of itch uh with tales of of great treasures glory glory Uh and horror he's seen Mm -hmm. things you you people wouldn't expect Mm. you people wouldn't understand in your in your comfortable homes with your air conditioning he's seen things what are we what are we doing here jordan (laughs) well we're going to talk about a game Oh, this one's actually not really a, a game. An interactive experience. It is, it is a interactive spatial simulation. So it's called, uh, very descriptive, Explore Kyoto's Red Gates in Unreal Engine, uh, <laughs> which is um, uh, interactive space designed by Matt Newell. Um, A.K.A. The, at CavesRD. At CavesRD. Um, he makes, he's made another exploration game set in New Zealand, but this one is basically a, uh, a very faithful virtual recreation of a famous like, um, monument and tourist destination in Kyoto. Uh, it's called the red gates. Uh, um, it's a, uh, it's called Fushimi Inari Taisha. I probably said that wrong, but, mm-hmm. um, this is a famous, uh, like Shinto shrine in Kyoto to a, uh, a spirit or God of like commerce, uh, mm. is what it came up as when I looked it up. Um, and basically the space is just totally recreated and you can like explore the, the monument, walk through the gates and walk to the top of the mountain. And, uh, turns out unreal engine, uh, very convincing, graphics it looks extraordinarily detailed um mm. yeah so i mean it is basically just exploration you know it's it's truly a walking simulator in the sense of you it's about walking through the space yeah i would even i would even argue that it's a photography simulator because yeah that's true you you also have a camera it's not just like a straight up photo mode it has a very not i wouldn't say very limited but a certainly limited uh in-game camera uh, with sort of a few settings you can change and it, it, the camera s- certainly like provides uh, a look of its own. It's not like uh, most photo modes where it's kind of like you are given the reins to kind of take what on whatever kind of pictures you want. It's very much like you can turn the depth of field on or off. You can adjust the zoom, but you have sort of this not quite square, but sort of a more, um, a closer to square than a standard like modern camera uh, would be. So it's, it, it kind of evokes like a, 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 um, a vintage camera, maybe a camera that takes pictures on film. All the images have sort of a, the images in the game as a whole have a sort of like film grain uh, filter look to them. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a little bit like, you know, it's, it's a lot about for me, at least a lot of the enjoyment was like trying to take, pictures and and find interesting ways to uh you know view the 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 world which is um i don't know going in i was expecting there to be less of the sort of like 
um, I guess I expected it to be less uh, aestheticized, I suppose. Like uh, the, mm. the fact that it was called just like explore Kyoto's red gates. I was kind of expecting it to be like a pretty like straight ahead, no stylization, no, uh, I don't know, sort of like, I, I expected it almost to be presented more like a, a simulation than like uh, what you end up getting, which is that it's, uh, you know, sure there there's, there's some, some artifice going on, some like intentional choices to make the game look one way or another. Yeah, that, definitely. Uh, it's, it's not just like photo real. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, photo real sort of put through this uh, specific lens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more about, experience and like representation in the strict sense. But Mm. I do think that part of that I had to wonder was like, like just, you know, a virtue of computer simulated graphics is that Mm. if you kind of have a little bit of like more, like make the lighting a little more dramatic and like the colors Mm. a little, a little blurry, it just makes it look more, more convincing because like it is sort of real like, because you can't, you can't perfectly emulate it. So yeah. So uh, it's so like you try too hard. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these aestheticized effects, you know, paradoxically have make it seem more real, even though te- they technically are, are kind of like less changing. Real. Yeah. Less real mm. changing that's how an, it, how it really is. That's an interesting hypothesis. I think there's definitely some, some truth to it because I think you can kind of get away with uh, textures being a little bit less, uh, detailed and and models being a little bit less like accurate if you yeah. you know everything's a little bit blurry and the, the game does have sort of a blurry like not not quite blurry but sort of like a dreamlike quality dreamlike uh, is is good i i don't know how to explain it but it felt to me like it was trying to do the effect of like of like uh l- like what light that's been filtered through um like heavy uh, foliage looks like like that's oh, the, sure. what the bl- blurring kind of felt like to me um, mm. which which has the effect of making it seem a little dreamlike i mean that's kind of like, like yeah i mean there's is. a there's a very explicit effect that uh or or something that was done very explicitly that is different from other games and actually you you mentioned uh before we started recording that you were feeling a little bit motion sick from this game Kid. and i have a hypothesis well, to why but we should we should make it clear i get motion sick all the time it's easily like th- yeah it, it's like a thing swings swings make me motion sick yeah. so now that now that you know that yeah <laughs> go um, ahead but i i think i know what the the thing was or i have a, a i have a theory which is i was trying to put my finger on why the game has like sort of a blurry look to it mm. uh, because like if you stop and look at stuff it doesn't look blurry uh and what i realized is is that uh it the game emulates how your eye focuses on something which is that you can whip to something and see it and then your focus comes in so it's not like most of the time games they don't do any change in focus uh based on where the camera is positioned because it's actually like for most games it's pretty disorienting and like and antithetical to playing the game effectively is to look at something and it's it's weird right because part of i think the reason other games do it is because uh, I'm not lo- always looking in the same spot on the screen, so it's hard to know what me as a player, uh, what I'm trying to focus on. Uh, right. So it, presenting everything without any focus on it and letting my eyes do the focus uh, is yeah. uh, is what most games do, whereas this game sort of tends to have whatever the middle of your cursor is on, that's what's going to be in focus. And if you like 
move quickly between things stuff move goes from not in focus to it it comes into focus it's it's a pretty quick movement but it's like enough that you notice it right a little disorienting yeah yeah that could be it because i did i did feel like i noticed it i felt especially motion sick when i was turning or like a few of the paths have a natural turn to them those Uh made me those made me especially dizzy and part of the the like inability to focus is accentuated by the fact that the the gates themselves are like they sort of form a tunnel as there's like a lot of gates oh, back to back. Absolutely. And so my eyes like are trying to focus on each individual pillar. Uh, mm. and then just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a it's an interesting choice to make to to not have the camera be in focus right away. Cause I think I think other games have tried it before. Uh and it's it's getting to the point where it actually could become a thing that games could do more effectively because mm. uh with eye tracking right so in like uh vr games i know there's uh some effort to uh yeah. track where your eyes are looking and mm-hmm. i i don't know if i have any concrete examples but i'm i'm relatively sure i've read about games where they track where you're looking so that the game's engine will put stuff in or out of focus uh in the based game on based your on your where you're looking pointed. And it's really Dude, easy to bonkers. get, yeah, it's really easy to get sick in that way because if, yeah. if it's not like perfect, then your body, like, I mean, it's the same thing with like VR sickness, how some people get like yeah. really ill from playing VR games is like, if it's not all the way there, your brain is just like, has this weird, it's like, no, it like rejects it. Yeah. Yeah. It has this weird sensory like disconnect. It's just like, oh my God, yeah. fuck this. Um, yeah, I was, I'm shocked that, uh, VR does not make me motion sick. I mean, I've only done it once, but it, oh, interesting. You know, believe it or not, it, it's like, you know, they've, they've gotten the, the motion, uh-huh. uh, like rendering good enough that, you know, sure. even little old me, you never got the VR sweats. Ne- I never did. Well, I tried, so this is not a fair comparison, but I did do Google cardboard and that was, yeah. like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> nope, I did. Absolutely I- not. I did like the Samsung VR that came with my sister's yeah, phone. Yeah. <laughs> and at, while I was doing it, I felt fine. And then like 30 minutes later, I got like, I experienced what the VR sweats. I'd always heard that. And I was like, like what afterwards. a weird thing. But just like huh. your body, just like, oh, it, it was a weird feeling. I didn't, I did not like it at all. It, it passed relatively yeah. quickly, thankfully. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is like pleasant. you sweat. Yeah. Like that's when I get really emotion sick, like on and, and like a really turbulent air uh, airplane ride i will start to huh. sweat yeah it's messed up dude it's gotten worse as i've aged too yeah so what you're saying is it's all downhill from here so it's all soon, downhill from here i'll be soon we'll i'll be to totally podcast because ba- you can't play, yeah, video can't games play any video games at all by the time i'm i'm 30 and then we'll be able to even ride a in a car by 35 eh, just take a dramamine it's fine <laughs> dramamine for the video game we'll be uh-huh. like half or for the podcast we'll be like half asleep hell yeah prepare yourself uh, <laughs> um uh, this but is yeah so gaming so, so it's interesting uh, to like, I don't know, for for a game to make a decision because like obviously this game you don't really need to be whipping around very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So one could argue that the aesthetic effect of like stuff coming into focus and being a little bit blurry as you whip around quickly is you know yeah. valuable. And I, I think like the the concept of focus is um, a big part of this game because you talked earlier about all the gates in a lo- in a row and sort of like the, the, the depth of field effect uh, in, in yeah. your camera and even in real life is kind of like one of the biggest sources of aesthetic beauty in this game, in my opinion, right. Is like uh, this like really dramatic long hallway where all you can see is like these red 
pillars blending into one another yeah but then you can sort of like mess with the focus and and get some some really interesting images out of it um so i don't know it's it's yeah i i understand yeah. why the decision was made yeah i mean the setting itself is definitely just like stunning like the, yeah the the like deepness of the red and the i mean i i looked at some pictures of the actual thing and he has done a very faithful mm-hmm. a faithful recreation of the monument itself but it's um it, I mean, I imagine they have to be like touched up because they're like literally a millennium old. It's like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're old. So I'm they sure they've to, been like repainted. I feel like they have to have been to still have that vibrant of a red. Yeah, I I would guess that they have to have been. Um, but I, I did kind of want to talk to you about um, about like the the overall fidelity of this game mm. because i mean you remarked earlier that it is uh remarkable yeah uh, i i did want to well one thing i did want to say is for a moment i thought that he had even recreated the trees and then i did some comparisons and no he didn't but yeah. in the in the in one of the pictures i looked at the it looked like he might have but oh yeah <laughs> i was like damn dude this guy's gone all the way all the but, way no. well yeah but it's it's interesting though because right uh I, I was thinking about how environments of this fidelity are almost exclusively uh, reserved for, or only appear in like AAA games or, sure. or, or at least like uh, games in the indie space with like larger teams or uh, sort of more publisher money behind them. Right. It's, yeah. it's very rare to see a, a one person game uh, with like such with an environment that looks the way it does. And like, I guess part of that is probably uh, that Unreal Engine uh, is free to use and is capable of showing things in really high fidelity and has like graphic options. But also, it's just like I, I was uh, I was I was struck by how uh, actually how big the area you can explore is. I was kind of expecting yeah, it to be large. really tiny, but no, you can you can. I wandered around for like an hour. Yeah, and first I, time and I, I walked through, I got lost. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely uh, lost my bearings a few times. Yeah, um, I am. Um, by the end, I felt like I had a, a pretty a pretty good mental map. But yeah, did you um, find all the fast travel points? All but one. I, I found all f- but one too. I couldn't find the. So to explain, there's a uh, uh, like as you once you get to a certain place in the park for the first time, uh, you can fast travel there from the menu. But the one I never got to is the donor memorial or donate donators plaque donators plaque. Yeah. That's the same one I never found also. Yeah, Where was that? Did you find the door that said find all fast travel points to continue? Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I really wanted to find the donators plaque, but I did like two laps and wasn't finding anything yeah, new. So I, same. I gave up. So even, even, you know, exploring this game for an hour and like trying to be particularly careful, there was still, something that you know we couldn't find so i think that's a testament to how actually pretty pretty big this space is and yeah still you know i I, one thing to say is a lot of it is uh repeated i mean the the gates necessary i mean they're all they're not all the same but uh many of them are very similar so it's uh you know obviously a lot of like copying if they're changed they're like it's just slightly taller or something yeah but it doesn't it still doesn't really lessen the effect of like being there and seeing it i mean it looks yeah. almost comparable to like the sort of biggest graphics powerhouse games i can think of which is like anything coming out of dice like the battlefield uh, or like battlefront games i think i feel like those always mm, yeah. look for like the photorealistic aesthetic i feel like those yeah. always have a really like look really good 
And I feel like if you would have showed me this game and told me it was like Battlefield, what the whatever the most recent Battlefield game was, I probably would have believed you. Like just from a screenshot, I probably like, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that looks really yeah, good. Seriously, something about the uh, the like the trees and the the canopy reminded me of uh, of Battlefront, uh, the newest one. Oh specific, yeah, specifically like the Endor, the map. Yeah, like Endor. Um, I mean, obviously Endor doesn't have like uh, Shinto shrines, but sure. Uh, um, but it has yeah. the, the dense foliage and the light shafts coming through. Yeah, exactly. Although exactly. honestly, one thing that I think that this game has over the the like sort of frostbite engine games uh, is that I feel like those tend to have like kind of a shiny appearance to them, where like even ground that's supposed to be like mm. dirt kind of has like a sheen to it. Uh, and this this game didn't really have that. So uh, eat your heart out. Uh, multi multiple hundred. <laughs> team you know development team with like a whole technical team this one guy matt newell has has you got you you licked (laughs) um but no it's 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 cool to to see that it's just like a pretty big difference from a lot of the other games we play here which have a yeah you know a simpler aesthetic and it's obviously it's because their purpose is totally different but um, yeah yeah definitely um so i wanted to just talk a bit about just like the the fascinating fact of recreating real spaces in virtual yeah. spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, uh, um, it, I mean, it's just weird to think that this is like, this is like a thing one can do is you can have a uh, semi realistic experience of something that is on the other side of the world from the comfort of your computer chair. Sure. But I also like, I find it really interesting um like there's a lot of talk after fallout four came out. People were like super fascinated by the fact that it was like, you know, this is really a, you know, a block of Boston. Like this is, they like, they got uh-huh. the buildings and the streets actually based on the real, the real thing. Um, and obviously it's, it's not the same as this because it's like a post-apocalyptic world. Everything's different. Sure. But, um, but yeah, it's like, there's, I, it doesn't seem like there's actually that many games that like, like just totally rip off a real space. Like, like, yeah, like well foot for foot, I think, I think the thing that you, uh, the thing that kind of comes to light when you directly emulate uh, a real life space is that, uh, it's not that good real life game. <laughs> yeah. It's not that, I mean, real life, first of all, is like way bigger than any yeah. video game world, as big as a video game world can be yeah. like still most video game world. If it, if it takes you longer than 30 minutes to get across the whole like game world on like yeah. a horse or in a car. It's like, who the fuck is going to do that? Yeah, and like, seriously. how does that service your game at all? I don't know if you um, have ever played LA noir, but no. uh, they actually like literally block for block remade LA and, oh. uh, but then led, but then scaled it back to 1940. So the thing that's weird mm. is that it's like, um, I, I went back and played it briefly after I had lived in LA for uh, a sure. summer and it, it was it was weird because it's like oh this is like feels similar but like it's not fu- really that fun and like there's not that yeah. much to do other than be like oh wow this looks kind of like maybe what this place where i've been in real life looked like you know 80 years ago or i guess not quite 80 years ago but yeah uh you know no yeah 80 years, years 1940 was 80 80 years ago yeah but it's post world war 2 so it would have been like late 40s oh, okay, in the okay. game um but it's uh, or it might even be the 50s. Anyway, it's it's a long time ago. 
uh, and I don't know. It's kind of interesting because then you have uh, the sort of opposite approach with like Grand Theft Auto, where it's like a fictionalized version of L.A. Uh, right, but evokes it probably yeah. more effectively, like the architectural style and like the yeah, the, and the people there, the, the people overall there. vibe. Yeah, rather yeah, it's than like, the literal recreation. Yeah, I mean, obviously that works better because like you're. I mean, you could you could sort of go to comical extremes recreating the real world. Like what is there going to be traffic? Is there yeah. going to be like, <laughs> like it's too crowded for you to do anything. Is it going to be like horrible littering all over the beaches and stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this game or that the thing that felt weird about this game is it didn't feel th- this game as in, uh, explore, <laughs> explore Kyoto's red gates. Um, <laughs> is that uh, it, it felt very weird to be in like basically a tourist trap and yeah. for With there no not other to tourists. be any people. It's just like, you. <laughs> no people because yeah. I, I feel like part of the, uh, maybe not part of the appeal, but part of the experience of being uh, in a, a place that is like really beautiful and sort of uh, organized in a way for you to take in its beauty in sort of a digestible uh, little mm-hmm. chunk is that uh, there are a bunch of other people there and you're there usually with whoever you're traveling with and you're discussing different thing and you're people watching and all this, yeah, this sort of aspect. Whereas like being totally alone, it ended up feeling like very, very lonely. Um, yeah. And yeah. kind of, kind of like sort of self-reflective in a certain way, just because yeah. when you're, when you're in a beautiful place and you're by yourself, I don't know. I guess my tendency is to sort of, self-reflect and i don't know yeah you start thinking absorb the beauty just be like damn yeah life man so fleeting life this made you think life is fleeting uh yeah yes yeah live life to the fullest blake you know stop stop living life through video games go to real shrines in japan never go there for real those real shrines don't have lo-fi chill beats playing in my ears the whole time. That's true. And they also are crowded. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. Yeah. And could probably Which, cost money. Probably cost money. <laughs> One thing that I was, I was curious is, uh, I wanted to know more about the, like, uh, history of this like place when it was, uh-huh. you know, in, in its original construction, it, it was a, a religious, um, place so uh-huh. how crowded would it have been like maybe this is a little bit closer in terms of the oh, like quietness and serenity to how it originally would have been i don't know I, yeah i don't know enough about like early medieval japan to say uh, yeah. like how how like busy a religious site would be especially yeah, one so that's like on the side of a mountain that's that's an interesting point because i mean we already talked about elena noir how that's like trying to emulate a, a bygone version of a, of a real life place right right but bygone in sort of a different way like sort of same approximate era just you know 50 or 70 years versus a couple hundred years it, it that would be interesting to uh see more games sort of explore like here's a place that at one time was like beautiful and uh virtually untouched by man and <laughs> now you can you can come back to it with the power of video games because our planet is on fire and we live in space and we have to do something <laughs> to feel connected to what once was called nature. And now you can only experience it through your screen. Yeah. Once no. once the well, if you want to get really dark, that <laughs> think about the fact that like there are many 
you know, many natural settings that will be literally destroyed oh, or absolutely. already have been. And so oh, now yeah. the, the only way to experience them is virtually, mm-hmm. uh, not just not, or, you know, not just cause they're crowded because they literally are gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that got dark. Yeah. <laughs> Life is fleeting, Blake. You said it first. I did. That's true. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk to you about, uh, games that, uh, present themselves as like a simulation, uh, mm. because I think this game, it's interesting because the, the title, the sort of like very no nonsense title of this game kind of le- led me to believe that it was going to be that kind of game. But then after playing it, I don't feel that was the case at all. I think the sort of the addition of music and the, the specific choices of the music, as well as the stuff I discussed earlier with like the film grain and sort of the, the, the way it presents the camera and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, made it feel a little bit less like a, a simulation, but there is like this weird fascination. I think sometimes with games to be like, what if we just like make it as close to real life as possible? Like something like a flight simulator or yeah. even like oh, a yeah. racing simulator where it's like, you know, we we're accurately modeled all 150 little buttons and switches <laughs> and the, and the, instrument panel of this very specific airplane and you can sit in it and click them all and you have to basically if you can fly this in the game you would feasibly be able to fly it in real life because we've modeled it so specifically and exactly yeah Uh, it's a it's a it's a weird interesting thing but i mean it's like i understand the impulse of like the 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 cost of flying a plane or even having access to fly a plane is way bigger than you know, whatever yeah. 50, 60 bucks you're going to play or pay for a game. And then also usually like a flight stick or something like that. But, um, sure. I don't know. Do yeah. you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I did, I did have the thought that there is, a, um, it, it does seem like games like that. They get so, it reaches this point where it's just like the fact of verisimilitude becomes the whole, the, the whole like purpose of the whole appeal, the whole appeal. I think that's why. So um, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but it's my impression that um, it used to be much more common for like simulation for the sake of simulation to be like a force in like game design as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was reading uh, like back issues of computer game, um, uh, computer gaming world. And, Mm -hmm. uh, from like the late eighties and early nineties. And it's like, Oh my God, there is a million like flight simulators, a million like driving mm. simulators, a mil- like so many of them. Uh, and it's like every single review of them is exactly the same. It's like, is it real or is it not? It's like the question of, is it, mm. is the, uh, it, the, the question of whether it was a fun experience to design and play is, mm. takes a backseat to the question of like, whether it was, is real. It's very strange. And I yeah, think, I mean, part of it has to just do with the fact that like that was, you know, that was when home computing was first becoming a mass thing rather than just, mm-hmm. you know, a few people in universities had access to it. So I guess there is just that initial like, uh, amusement with the, the fact of computer simulation. But mm-hmm. some of them, I'm just like, that does not sound fun to play at all. <laughs> just- yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of interesting that like a certain level of that hasn't persisted because, I mean, yeah. you think about the technology we have now, you can simulate things so much more accurately. So yeah. if, if the accuracy was truly the fascination, then did that fascination just go away? Or yeah. did the people realize that like, oh, doing, you know, uh, 
emulating or simulating something incredibly accurately uh like the the closer we get to it the more we realize like oh like this isn't actually that enjoyable or yeah. or maybe it becomes a, a simply a matter of uh of cost effectiveness like uh the 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 more accurate this gets the smaller the market is going to be and the better the fidelity of graphics technology the mm. more it's going to take to make it uh, stunningly accurate within the constraints of like modern hardware. The, the goalposts so, have moved. <laughs> exactly right. So it's like yeah. the things you could do on a modern PC with ray tracing could probably be like astonishingly realistic. Yeah. But uh, how long would it take a team to make something? I mean, we're already seeing that start to to uh, n- maybe not cripple, but start to uh, you know slow down the development of really big games and. Uh, file sizes have ballooned to you know a lot of games being almost in the triple digits of gigs uh i know dude to like download my, my 250 gig uh ssd is paltry yeah given the yeah the size compared of to you know games. red dead redemption 2 being 92 gigs know, uh like, downloaded off a disc it's just like what what the hell <laughs> it's so it's 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 kind of interesting to see how there's still a, a, uh, obsession with making things look real, uh, but not making them play real or feel real or be actual yeah. simulations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I sounds, that sounds right to me. I mean, I think, I think what the, I mean, so we should say there is still like within certain like sub communities, I guess it's still a thing like, like I racing is really popular. Yeah. Um, and that still is a kind of like, it does strive for a kind of simulation realism, uh-huh. but I, I think that it really just is like, like people have gotten um, much more acclimated to the fact of computers. And uh-huh. so now, now the, the novelty of simulation for the sake of simulation is kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of boring. It's like, okay, sure. yeah, I get it. You can simulate whatever the fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. So now it's like, but what, you know, it's more, it's more about like games as a, of expression or like those or another thing that there is now is like um simulating uh things that are like why would you want to do but it becomes funny simulators yeah Yeah. although now that i think about it something like that um in vr it is because you know it's a kind of novel technology there is still Mm kind of like simulation for the sake of simulation yeah, like, I mean, there's that there's that uh, I thing I really want to try, like the flying simulator, but not like flight simulator. Like you are a bird. Have you seen this? Oh, I haven't. Where seen you that. like you lay prone on top of this rig that has like a gimbal on it that rotates around, and you have controllers where you're like flapping these wings, and you what the hell? as you as you like tilt yourself around in the game the thing you're on tilts and it's they like blow a fan on you and it's just supposed to be like this is what it's like to be like a bird so that's like a certain kind of simulation of just like here's something that you cannot feel in real life uh presently so strap on a vr headset fly around (laughs) you know i don't know maybe someday they'll have a jetpack that's (laughs) probably not but you never know um (laughs) Maybe. So I don't know. There's like, there's a lot of different angles that, uh, like simulation can sort of occur of like, uh, but I, I definitely think that it's moved to more of a, a hobbyist or enthusiast market is it's like you mentioned yeah. iRacing and uh, I know you and I both have a, a good friend who's, who's really into racing and iRacing is like a huge, yeah. 
and it's like a whole community, but that's what, that's all it is. It's like, that's that community. It's not, I I don't really foresee something that is as deep of a simulation as iRacing. Uh, I don't ever really see that reaching mainstream appeal just because not enough people are interested in the actual, uh, like real life racing something right. like yeah i mean need, it, that, need for speed is much more fun right yeah, ex- exactly like i racing is is heavy overlap with like people who actually drive cars drive or real race in- cars or yeah. are interested in race cars themselves yeah mm-hmm. so that's definitely a thing i imagine there's probably something for like amateur pilots you know everyone has the same well yeah there's, there's like, there's flight like one, one flight simulator that's considered well the best. so the the classic ones are the dcs uh, which originally stood for digital combat simulator. I don't know if they still do that, but they're uh-huh. known for basically they don't put out like a DCS game. They put out uh, like a plane. So it's like, this is DCS a 10 oh, Warthog and we have painstakingly uh, recreated every aspect of an a 10 Warthog, uh, you know, fighter plane <laughs> and where you can fly it. Wild. And if you can, if you can fly it in the game, then you can, you know, you could feasibly fly it in real life. Uh, which is fucking crazy, but it is wild. There are people that that's like, they're very interested in. They got track IR, you know, uh, playing, playing flight Sims. And that's, it's, it's cool that those can still exist. Um, but also interesting that they're not as popular as they once were. Look, I, I play a simulation of a game where I'm a samurai in a fantasy world and I'm trying to escape a giant, white serpent listen jordan we've talked about sekido enough and and it's been painstakingly reproduced to the real thing just like real life just i I could i could for real kill a giant snake if i wanted to that's true i can break the poise of a huge uh never explained why he's 12 feet tall uh opponent (laughs) i could simply best the ape in mortal combat best the ape you know <laughs> oh actually you know what i i just thought of one the i do feel like there's a lot of uh work simulation games that are like mm. they have some mainstream popularity like sure like euro truck simulator yeah no well, i n- think does not cease to amaze me how popular yeah well the thing that's some that's kind of interesting about something like euro truck simulator is like it's a simulation in certain ways and in other ways it isn't like conveniently isn't yeah. like you don't have like to what? like sleep at a truck stop oh, or like sure. piss piss in a bottle or yeah. uh, do speed. You know, you can, <laughs> you can just like do and, and speed. It, yeah, it's yeah. like, but it's a weird thing though, right? It's just like, yeah. oh, we can sand off all the nubs that make doing this in as an actual career like not that great, uh, yeah. and people will do it for enjoyment. But also, there's something like kind of like road trips can be enjoyable. Certain people love road trips yeah. and. <laughs> driving around a big truck in a digital world is kind of like a road trip. Um, so there can yeah. be like a certain, I like there's appeal there. And then there's also like, uh, we've, we've played a lot of games about like, or at least several games about, uh, you know, it's a parody of, of working and sort of, uh, um, yeah, taking advantage of the part of your brain that, uh, finds comfort in, in completing things and quote unquote productivity, uh, to kind of like poke fun at, at working and, and corporate yeah. culture and that sort of thing. Right. So there's yeah. like really broad, uh, you know, simulations. And also there's the aspect of like, here's a simulation that's accurate enough, uh, of a real life thing that you can do things 
it's that it becomes fun to do things that you couldn't do in real life in that situation. So like yeah. for one of those truck simulators, for example, you could just like whip the wheel really hard, jackknife your truck and flip yeah. it over. And there's like a certain like sort of yeah, uh, no, dark that's, that's true. comedy and fun to like seeing the destruction yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, cause that, that is the thing that, you know, will, Oh, cause you know, there's a very obvious, but I think important like limit to, to simulation that is, is not mm. just a matter of it being, it's not like, like a failure. It's actually, uh, it's important to the experience of a simulation that it's, it's not real. You know, it's yeah, never, absolutely. You know, unlike the people that are afraid that, you know, violent video games are so real. You'll, you'll forget what's real and what's not. It's really yeah. the, the fact that, you know, it's not real is a huge part of the fun. So yeah, like absolutely when you're driving the truck, you, you have to, you got to see what happens if you crash the truck. I don't feel yeah. that way when I'm driving a real car. Never no, once, never not. once felt that way. I never like, you know, what would be fun if I drove on the wrong side of the road and just tried to dodge oncoming yeah, traffic. Yeah. That'd be a but, fun challenge, but in a video game all the time. Um, or actually this is a great, a uh, great segue. Uh, in this game, I did something, you know, they probably wouldn't do if it was the real thing. Cause it's super disrespectful, but on uh-huh. every path I tried to find, uh, where the, like how to go off the path. Um, oh sure yeah like because th- there is a, a invisible railroad for a lot of the paths yeah but not for all of them and i did find that uh near the summit if you go off path there's a spot where you can just like go uh totally outside the out of oh, bounds yeah. of the clip, game clip through the ground plane yeah. clip through the yeah. level geometry well you actually and- never clip through you go to the edge of where the, the oh, ground you just, just run off of just it just ends and then you just walk off the edge and fall go. infinite infinitely uh so classic video game i i wouldn't do that in in real life no in fact i would one would argue you couldn't do that in real life well i wouldn't even walk off the trail and you know yeah. muck, muck up the the nature in a foreign country i don't want to be a an asshole yeah. tourist yeah you don't want to get uh put in a foreign jail that's <laughs> true i don't know how they punish uh n- national park ruiners i in know Japan. they they fuck you up if you smoke weed so uh you know who That's knows true. what they do if you step on the on the grass? <laughs> yeah, those are the um, same. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, there's a few other things I want to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about a little detail. You know me. I love my little details. You love details. And one of my favorite details is when you snap a picture with the in-game camera, the 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 change in focus to simulate like the aperture open opening and closing on like a, mm, a, yeah. a camera. Yeah, it's a nice it's a real nice touch. It makes it feel like that much more uh, tactile and sort of not quite realistic, but, you know, it makes it feel more. I guess it does make it feel more real, makes it feel like, oh, this is a real camera I'm holding in my hand. I found it in my parents' basement and no one was using it. My dad said I could take it. So now I take it and post uh, trendy pictures on Instagram, (laughs) you know, (laughs) living the real life, which, by the way. I took a lot of photos in this. I'll probably um, post some tweet of them. Out. Yeah, yeah, tweet out some of them. Could I, I think post I, my the pictures I took when I was falling through infinite space? No, they're not. I'm sorry, Jordan, <laughs> but they're not very appealing pictures. They're kind <laughs> of, uh, you know. I don't know. This other one that I didn't send you is pretty good. Yeah, you think so? Look, looks trippy. Whatever, dude. Uh. <laughs> Whatever. Um, uh. But anyway, I, I also kind of wanted to talk about um, photo modes because it's become popular. I mentioned earlier that like a lot of AAA games feature a photo mode where you can just have a camera and sort of fly around 
and it it's it's kind of an interesting thing because like a lot of times the photo modes in those games is about the fact that you can fly the camera around and get angles that you couldn't in the game whereas like this game is very specifically like it's a it's a simulation of a camera not like a a a camera in my hands than it uh and whereas like a photo mode in like uh, a big triple a game is much more like is like a, a type of camera that only really exists in like a game engine as you're making it of like oh i can just fly around and look what I, at whatever the hell i want and get these crazy angles uh whereas this or uh, another game that we played for this game uh, levedad is a lot more about like simulating the way a human uses a camera and something yeah. i could actually do like i could take a camera and point it at something although in levedad don't you eventually levitate and uh uh yeah but it's like the camera is still you know you're not your, flying your around with the camera. Yeah, it's still, yeah, that's true. You can't take a picture of yourself. Exactly. And I'm yeah. not like flying a camera around the world and getting all these crazy angles. Yeah. It's yeah. No, working I, within the constraints of myself as a person. Yeah. I, I got, so that one, that fact uh, in this game, I think um, has to do with it's, it's really about um, a kind of like recreating the, perfected version of the tourist experience right so it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's more about taking pictures that express what you saw than about using oh, the camera absolutely. to create new points of view mm. um, yeah because it's like you know you you take your your sweet pics and you post them on instagram hell yeah look where i, I get was the likes up look where you i know? was virtually look how cool and fun i am <laughs> and interesting look how much cooler and funner than you i am look at th- these pictures make me more interesting than you you I don't make the rules. Man. Yeah, Instagram does. Uh, so, do you have any other any other thoughts here? Or um, I had just one minor one that uh, I was trying to think what it was about the the sort of like visual style that this reminded me of, and mm-hmm. I I can't decide if it's the visual style or the fact that you're exploring a picturesque um, location with no other humans in it. But it, uh-huh. it kind of reminds me of Abduction, which is the, oh, the okay. game from the creators of Mist, or mm-hmm. just like any any one of those like uh, like first person puzzle games where you're wandering through a space where you're the only human. Uh, mm. it, it really reminds me of that. Something about the I don't know. It's a very sure. You know, I almost expected to get to the top, and it you know there'd be a weird set of levers and a puzzle. Yeah, some it does have sort of a the witness vibe of just like yeah yeah it's a little, it's not as cartoonish as the witness but it does Absolutely have that not. vibe like yeah yeah it it is it's the, there there's something I think I touched on this a little bit more but it's worth reiterating there's something almost uncomfortable about being in a place that's well realized enough that it feels like the real world and not like yeah. a designed space uh but yet there are no people and yeah even even though so not not sounds of people because there's a lot of like thought put into the sound design of like the trees and the wind and in different spots yeah. the sound is different and like when you get to the pond there's like pond type sounds but there's never sounds of people and there's something yeah that's a good point somewhat somewhat eerie about that but also Spooky. somewhat peaceful about it you know yeah. um so yeah i don't know it's a well done game uh very yeah. interesting i i is well done i found myself feeling a little bit more like introspective and invested in it than I anticipated. So that was, that was nice. The music did help too. the chill lo-fi beats. There were, there are two, you know, sort of, uh, playlists. One of them is hopeful and one of them is, uh, ambient. 
and the hopeful one kind of had me feeling a little bit, you know, like, you know, hopeful. Thinking about myself, you know. Nice. That's good. You That's know? good. And what what are video games sometimes. for, except that? You know, a lot of stuff actually, Jordan. <laughs> I mean, maybe you should maybe you should go back and listen to this podcast too. So, <laughs> video games aren't for any one thing. They they kind of do a lot of different things, you know, Jordan. So don't uh, no, don't, they're, don't for, they're for one thing, which is to give us something to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> no, they're for one thing: the male power fantasy. <laughs> it appeals to the male fantasy. It does. It, referring to that meme, I assume. Uh, yeah, sort of. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's let's tell the people about uh, a game that hopefully isn't about the male fantasy. Uh, we're, it we're doesn't seem next like week. it is. Uh, we're playing a game called Don't Split the Party, which is by Nick Carbonara uh, and Bello B. Um, Benjamin Bello. Benjamin Bello. Uh, and it is a game about why you shouldn't split the party in Dungeons and Dragons, except it's uh, it's not about in in world. It's about out of you're like trying to it looks like it's a kind of um like npc interaction puzzle drama uh mm-hmm. where your your friends are playing a game of D and their uh in game and out of game characters are blending too much and you're trying to make them stop that shit and you're the dungeon master so very, very strange and interesting premise for a game yeah. uh we're gonna play that and see see how it is. It actually has voice acting. So I'm excited to see, see what they've done with it. It seems I'm excited different. and nervous for <laughs> voice acting. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, mostly excited. You know, it's, it wouldn't be Dungeons and Dragons if there weren't voices. So there you go. Good that, actually, that's, that's a valid point. Yeah. That's part of the, part of the appeal. Anyway, yeah, I, I hope that, that they game. also like do like when they're doing their characters, you know, you talk in a cobalt do a voice different or something. Voice. Yeah. Sure. That's what I want to hear. Non-professional nice voice actors, Doing a kobold voice. Sounds yeah, nice hilarious. Goblin voice. <laughs> um, goblin anyway, voice. we'll be playing that game next week. If you want a link to where to find that game, we could read it out to you, or you could just follow us on Twitter, dum dum. You know? <laughs> yeah, at Edgeguard Cast. We tweet out all our games, all our new episodes. So you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us there uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you have uh, feedback about our episodes or game recommendations. Uh, you should tweet at us. It's a good time. Um, so we'll be tweeting out a link to Don't Split the Party as well as a new episode once it comes out. And uh, until next time, we will talk to you later.